You're listening to the Women as in Art podcast, and I am your host, Leah Schrader. Hello, welcome, Margaret Murphy. So looking forward to talking to you today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Um, I'm going to start by just reading your bio, and then we'll get into our discussion. Margaret Murphy is a visual artist based in Los Angeles, California. Her work focuses on topics like femininity, sexuality, and identity in a post-social media culture. Murphy's art uses bright colors, lighting, props, and aesthetic accents to create visceral responses in the viewer. Be it a negative or positive reaction to her work, Murphy hopes her art prompts dialogues around gender, the male gaze, and contemporary beauty standards. Murphy's use of photography spans over 15 years. However, she also creates images and text collages, and most recently, digital art made with AI. Murphy earned her MFA from the University of Hartford's limited photography residency in 2021, and her work has been included in curated group exhibitions in Berlin, Los Angeles, New York City, and Washington, D.C. Murphy currently works as head of community for the Berlin-based gallery and online art platform Expanded.Art, and she is an active member of the NFT community in Los Angeles. Cool. Welcome. Thank you. What does post-social media culture mean? That's a good question. Um, I guess post to me means anything that's like after the awareness of something. So Mm -hmm. for my work, the post-social media element comes from the fact that we're all comfortable with how ubiquitous social media is. And we're now at a point where we can critique it and make jokes about it and make art about it um, in a sort of self-aware way, I think, where we're all aware of what's happening here. Like, we know what's going on. We, especially as women, know that we'll get more likes if we post a bikini photo than a photo of Mm -hmm. a painting or a piece of art that we've made. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I think that's what it means to me. Um, yeah, probably not the dictionary definition of it, but that's yeah, how I see no, it. it's great. Totally. I remember the first time I did a selfie and I was just like totally shocked. I was like, how is this getting more likes than like my art? Like my art, you know, it's like all this work goes into it. And then you just take a silly selfie and it like will get so many more likes. Yeah. It's wild. Um, And then I'm also, I'm curious, um, well, maybe we'll get it. Let's get into the questions, but I'm definitely curious to hear more about, um, yeah, this gender, male gaze, contemporary beauty standards. Um, So we'll, we'll, we'll come, I'm sure you'll touch on that in the questions or we'll get into that. So, um, what do you see as the biggest challenges and opportunities for women in art now? Oh, (laughs) Um, I think overall being taken seriously and being recognized for the work that we're doing. Um, Recently, um, there was a big hullabaloo on Twitter because there was a Sotheby's lot of NFT work that was glitch art and there was not a single women or queer or non-binary artist included in the artist list. And Mm. I think that was like pretty emblematic of the kind of erasure or just oversight that women experience, especially queer women and uh, queer people and trans people in their influential effects on artistic movements being forgotten. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think alternatively, if you are to try and make a splash, right, and to not be forgotten, to be sure that no one could ever overlook you, you have to kind of really 
ramp things up. And oftentimes, the ways in which you can get attention from your work is not necessarily a way that's taken seriously, even if you are talking Mm -hmm. about serious things, right? Mm -hmm. So totally. It's do you have any examples of that? I mean, I think I've, I mean, I think specifically about my work, I could look at you all day that I did as my thesis project with um, Hartford. And, you know, there are a lot of selfies. There's a lot of um, digital effects from Instagram filters and things like that, where, you know, they might be just seen as narcissistic or self self obsessed that um, when in reality I'm talking about the pervasiveness of online femininity and its ever expansiveness and how the internet can be a place where we can explore multi multitudinous selves um, if you will mm. and I'm certainly not the only person to touch on this topic. Um, but I think that it's a very accessible way to do so because it's something you use every day. So initially mm-hmm. in a, you know, maybe more traditional artistic worldview, people might see it as a cop-out or, you know, not having kind of intellectual thought, um, mm-hmm. writing it off simply because of the, the mode in which I'm delivering this message. Um, mm-hmm. But I can't say that I've been belittled that much. Maybe that's because I, I'm i really good at receiving feedback <laughs> <laughs> and uh, huh. discerning when it's useful feedback and when it's not, which is another uh-huh. important thing. Nice. I think for women artists specifically, I'm curious to hear more about what uh, you mentioned narcissism and what is, I mean, is there anything wrong with narcissism? (laughs) I mean, or what is narcissism? I guess. Narcissism is, I understand it is like a complete lack of awareness of other people's emotional being and like, sensibility okay yeah that sounds not so good (laughs) so I think the word gets thrown around a lot colloquially these days where people see self-documentation as a form of self-obsession and then Mm self-obsession as a direct link to narcissism when in reality it's actually like Mm a mental disorder (laughs) like yeah it is (laughs) malfunction um yeah and I think you can be self-absorbed and not a narcissist (laughs) Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but I wish that self-absorption or self-obsession was not seen so negatively especially considering like you know back in the olden days these like really wealthy royals or whatever you know uh, whoever they were back in in olden days like medieval Mm -hmm. times and and stuff renaissance times they'd they'd have these huge portraits of themselves commissioned to hang in their home yeah you know how how is that any different than a really great yeah I mean I have a portrait of myself hanging in my apartment that my friend did of me in college and it's like right when you walk in so it I don't know I think we have the technology to self-document in a way that's never been done before. And Mm I, I, I get a lot out of seeing versions of myself from long ago. Emotionally, sometimes it, you know, Mm -hmm. causes me to spiral, but other times, you know, I, wow, I remember what I was going through and I have compassion for that person or I'm really proud of how I presented myself here and the risks that I took, the, places I pushed myself to and so I don't know I think a lot of people think someone's a narcissist just because they are comfortable with themselves hot take (laughs) yeah yeah totally yeah totally um yeah that's beautiful that's very well said (laughs) 
Um, where and how do women find agency and empowerment in art? Um, I think I, I, when I, when I read this question, I was thinking just honestly, the act of making it more than anything, the fact that women are allowed to be artists and they're allowed to create in whatever medium they choose. I don't really know that any other form of agency exists outside of creation. Um, yeah. <laughs> Cause I would say, you know, selling your work or, you know, being in charge of how your work is exhibited, but there's always influences um, whether you want them to be or not. So I think, yeah, just the act of creating allows for agency and expression. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. I love that take on it. Um, Cause that's like the only thing you can really control, right? Everything else, sales, recognition, all that stuff. You, you can't control that. Mm -hmm. Or I mean, you can try to, you I can guess definitely you try. You could, but it's like, not yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Is there any particular artwork of yours that you feel um, most kind of shows like we were talking about earlier or most represents when you took a big risk or a big um, where you went far with it? Yeah, I am have a, I have a piece called Venus of Los Angeles uh, where I stylized myself draped in a sheet and you know bare breasted very much like trying to replicate Botticelli's Venus but I did so with like mm -hmm. digital effects and oh, cool. it was a risk in in the sense of the presence of digital aesthetics firstly because it uh -huh. was not something I had really explored deeply in my art and I mean inherently being nude in a self-portrait is vulnerable and pushing a boundary. Um, yeah. So I would say that's like the one, that's the piece that. Yeah, that's cool. That is cool. Um, I'm curious to hear also how you got involved with the NFTs and how you kind of, how that like made its way into your practice. Totally. I was... Onboarded by Annika Meyer, who you and I both know and love, um, and I work with now at Expanded. She was like, you nice. should be doing this. Uh, do you need a foundation platform invite? Do you, you know, do you have any questions? Mm. Um, and she linked me up with a platform called Quantum that specialized in photography mm. NFTs. And I ended up doing a mini drop of my thesis work of 20 pieces as part of a group collection. So it was me and two other artists mm. that had work available and it sold out instantly. <laughs> and all of a sudden I wow. earned ETH and was a part wow. of the community. Um, but before that happened, I had made efforts to create that were a bit more internet influenced, digitally created. Mm -hmm. So those uh, image and text collages that I mentioned um, mm -hmm. previously where, you know, they, I didn't really know how they would be received, but I saw them as being something so inherently digital and uh, internet native. So I thought, you know, maybe this would be an interesting thing to release as because it's not a finalized thesis work and I had a lot of fun with it mm. using PixArt and Hot Girl Selfies mm. from the last like year and a half <laughs> that just looked mm. alone with text that reminded me of some of my favorite meme accounts random yeah. phrases that I'd heard that made me laugh when I saw them online either in a tweet or on an Instagram meme somewhere, TikTok, mm. just kind of incorporating a passion and love for social media and the internet and the mm. humor 
and post-absurdist culture that inherently thrives uh-huh. there juxtaposed yeah. against my form. So that was kind of like my foray. Oh. And then the community here in LA was, is just so lively. There's so many people here that are participating as collectors, as community mm-hmm. leaders, as artists, mm-hmm. that it really was easy to go out and join them and meet them, share mm-hmm. ideas and learn new things. And um, yeah, I, I, and now it's, it's a so whole thing, fun. which is so fun. I basically get to talk to artists That's today so cool. and help curate exhibitions <sighs> and, you know, just kind of live and breathe it, which is something I've always wanted in a job. <laughs> wow. To have, you know, um, as, as it related to art. So, and it allows for me to also create as well. That's incredible. Is it um, a particular space that you work at or, or work with? Um, working with expanded.art. Yeah, oh, with yeah. expanded. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so they have a location. Are are they based in LA? No, they're based in Berlin, but the community in LA uh, is all over the place. So there's meetups that happen. There's galleries here, um, in particular, Bellum Gallery and Bright Moments Gallery, where they'll have exhibitions of work or speakers talk um, Mm -hmm. and just kind of community meetups. And then the community meetups being like NF Tuesday, which happens at El Cid in Silver Lake every Tuesday, although we've been Mm. rained out the last few weeks. Um, Oh, nice. People just come and hang out and connect and chat. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, I, that's such a, it's so cool that there's such a, uh, in-person community around the NFTs, which I often think about as really, um, virtual, obviously, (laughs) digital, not necessarily as in person. I wonder, is there a similar community in New York or is it, or is LA just like really special? I can't say for sure because I haven't been to New York under the pretense of NFTs, but I am going to be in New York next month for NFT NYC and a lot of traveling there to kind of congregate. But I would say, yeah, yeah, there's, there's a good community there too. I think I just, maybe I'm just biased. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't know enough about it, but I remember I did some NFT NYC stuff last year and it was really fun. So that's awesome. You're going, that'll be really, yeah, exciting. Um, uh, yeah, that's, that's cool. So do they, sorry. So does Expanded also have a location in New York City or Berlin. are they, no. Okay. Okay. Just Berlin. Okay. It's, it's very cool. And is there, is there a website expanded.art? Mm-hmm. So smart. Oh my God. I love that. Literally the website is the name of the, like, (laughs) of the company. That's, that is, that's very satisfying for some reason. Okay. Um, How has the place of women in and or as art changed over time and across different media? My place as a woman, as or in art, Um, are you cut out? Oh, sorry. So how has the place of women in and or as art changed over time and across different media? So a bit of a like historical, uh, what do you call it, wave of, of how you've seen women's place in art over time and in, and in different media. I think it goes back to – It's a big yeah, – you see a lot more women artists creating with the female gaze in mind and just around topics that relate to women rather than having women being the muse or just something pretty mm-hmm. to look at. Um, yeah. But I do think there's still so much work to be done. <laughs> Mm-hmm. to women as being in art or as art objects uh, mm-hmm. it's it's still still not perfect you know but I also don't know yeah. what would be perfect because 
Yeah. In a lot of ways, <laughs> art that objectifies women made by men is the reason that I can make art where I objectify myself as a commentary. Mm -hmm. So if we didn't have yeah. objectifying women in art, then the context and conversation wouldn't really be there. Mm -hmm. So not to say that I wouldn't still be making art that was interesting or talking about important topics, but it makes for an interesting cultural dialogue for sure. Right, right. Well, and the men objectifying women in art is also a rep representation of part of what's happening in society. So like one right. version of what's happening in society. So in a way, it actually totally makes sense. You're right that it's in art because if it wasn't, then it'd be like, well, then what shouldn't art have some reflection of what's happening in society? That's what makes it interesting because then you can comment on it. Yeah. And I think in many ways, maybe art has yet to catch up to where culture is now. Culture is moving mm. so much faster with platforms like TikTok and other social media that just move at the mm. speed of light, uh, especially when it comes to the algorithms and the way that media that you that you ingest is, is put in front of you based on your interests and what is known about you data-wise. Uh, yeah, totally. Like, the TikTok al algorithm specifically is so niche. Oh. <laughs> you yeah, figure it's stellar. Like a second, and you're like, oh, oh my god, it's crazy. I'm having my soul gazed into right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so true. So, in it's... that sense, there's a lot of community around mm -hmm. changing. I mean, feminism and the ideas of feminism in general. I think about the bimbofication movement on that kind of started on TikTok mm -hmm. and has sort of spread mm -hmm. out where women are like, yeah, I'm hot and I'm smart, you know, or like mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And hyper femininity as an act of rebellion um, yeah. as something as a pure rejection of the patriarchy and embracing of all mm -hmm. things feminine. Mm. Yeah. So I think, I think that's where a lot of really interesting stuff is happening and maybe art just hasn't quite caught up, but I try to talk about that stuff in my work, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious how, how would art catch up to it? I guess, like you said, talking about it in your work, that's, that's I mean, yes. Are there other ways, other ways you can think of think that art could embrace that more? transcending mediums and being more mm. interdisciplinary or thinking more in yeah. the formats that are inherent to the internet. I think about code-based work. I think about artists like Maya Mann mm -hmm. who are using mm -hmm. uh, coding um, and making websites like live running websites to discuss topics of identity and womanhood online. Um, mm -hmm. I think about NFTs too, because that's opening up to a whole different audience, a dialogue that they maybe wouldn't participate in because it would have happened in maybe a gallery or a museum or something that they wouldn't have attended. But since it's on their Twitter feed, all of a sudden they're engaged. Um <laughs> Yeah, and I think about just yeah, those are cool. those kinds of uh, ways, and and thinking broader, maybe more conceptually too. I also have huh. been thinking about getting into like performance, like based video art, huh. which um, I'm excited to be in dialogue with you, and it's oh, that's <laughs> awesome because <laughs> I like have experience with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. The online stuff is is particularly exciting, though. It has a real – it feels like a new horizon. Um, yeah. Does um, – I wanted to ask – what did I want to ask? Oh, yeah. What is, like, what is sort of the horizon for women in NFTs? Good question. In terms of both creators and collectors. Great question. Um, 
I see it as women who wouldn't otherwise have opportunities to have work collected, have their work mm -hmm. seen, who've maybe gone a more traditional route, but always been passionate about art, but maybe, you know, mm -hmm. didn't go to art school, mm -hmm. never had plans to go to art school, but had the resources and ability to hone their craft on their own, finding community, finding support and finding collectors of their work. Mm. Uh, it's very exciting to see. And mm. I think by nature, Twitter is really good at, or really bad at, <laughs> um, depending on if it's a good thing or a bad thing, connecting you with people that, that have shared interests. And maybe that's just like a general theme of the mm. internet. But I've met mm -hmm. so many women just from being involved in NFTs that I would have never otherwise mm. known and mm -hmm. women I really look up to, admire, uh, who are making things much different than I, but are influencing mm -hmm. my practice in really unique ways. That's one of the like only reasons that I'm working in AI is I've had mm -hmm. not just women, but um, tons of people who I've encountered that are doing it and really made it accessible and kind of... Mm -hmm could conceptualize it for me where I'm like, Oh, it's not as daunting as it seems. It's actually really mm. simple and very freeing in a lot of ways. Mm. What, um, what programs are you using to work in AI? I have the most experience with mid journey, which is a discord mm. server that you can install or a bot that you can install on a discord oh. server. So I did have to kind of learn how to do that, but it's really not that challenging. It's like a few steps and then you just make a private server. You can pay a membership so that your outputs are not public so that you can only see them. Hmm. And it's, uh, it's fast, it's high quality and it's pretty easy to use. Like it's the base. I mean, I think anybody that knows how to use a computer could use it. Uh, truthfully, wow. it's really exciting. And I've also used stable, uh, a stable diffusion plugin in my Photoshop that I was introduced to. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit more limited in the scope of like outputs mm -hmm. in terms of their sizes, but it has some more control in terms of style weights mm -hmm. or how many prompts you or outputs you want to have it produce. Um, the weight of certain styles, you can change a bit more nudging the dials, etc. almost to the point where I'm like, okay, that's too much. I need, <laughs> I would like a little <laughs> bit of the computer's input here because I'm interested uh -huh. in the dialogue that happens between artists and machine when uh -huh. I relinquish some control in my creative process. That's really cool. So do you think of it as almost a collaboration with the computer? Sometimes. Sometimes a piece feels more collaborative than not. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. One project sure. I've started working on feels more collaborative uh, regarding memory and mm. particularly memories from my teen years. And I've seen mm -hmm. that AI give me an output that will then make me remember something else. So it feels like conversation. Whereas I've also worked on a project for a while now exploring how AI processes and renders fatness and the subjectivity of mm. language surrounding fatness uh. and specifically fat femininity. And that feel, I feel like maybe now I'm more like do this. Like I know what I want it to look like, but there have been times wow. still where I'm surprised at what it gives me. And I'm even some, I'm even mm. more surprised at the response that I have to what it gives me. And then I kind of explore mm. and keep going. Wow. That's so cool. Can you talk more about fat femininity? Yeah. Uh, the project started when I was first introduced to mid journey and I think something that ties back to our discussion about narcissism is that I immediately wanted to create myself in AI. Uh -huh. <laughs> and the tips that I got, because it's a text to image prompt, so you have to write out a bunch of words uh -huh. to give it descriptors. 
describing myself in an objective way is not something that you normally do, right? So coming from the internet experience, and I could look at you all day, which is exploring an idealized sense of self that feels authentic and true. We were not necessarily going for ideal here, but I immediately became aware of the different interpretations of words that are used to describe anything other than a conventionally thin or attractive person. So I'm thinking of words like plus size, curvy, fat, obese, overweight, chunky, chubby. Like, I mean, that's just seven words already that can all range to a description for someone who is quote unquote fat. And even the word fat itself uh, has a wide description according to the AI and Mm. according to just, you know, anyone that you would meet on the street Mm. between saying, I feel so fat or Mm -hmm. that makes me look fat. Right. It's, it's Mm. been a wild journey into language. And as it relates to femininity, many women, women or women identifying people who are fat feel a compulsion to perform hyper femininity in order to be palatable and attractive. So they mm. are in a sense compensating for their fatness with hyperfemininity. Mm. But I am interested in even seeing more femininity and fatness together because I feel like we don't really get that in most media that we consume. But the platforms mm. like TikTok, Instagram, where the body positivity movement and the fat liberation movement all have a lot of momentum really started to change the way that I saw it because I would see it more on my screens. So Uh it did become something of a normal occurrence for me. And I thought, why don't I see how AI makes this? And sometimes it's very flattering. Sometimes it's very unflattering. Sometimes it's offensive. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's really celebratory. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, there's a subjectivity that I bring to it just from my own experiences that I think is really what makes the project more interesting because who is the, who is the decider of what a fat person should or shouldn't look like? Uh, <laughs> so it, it kind of hit me right. I was yeah. like, oh, like a ton of bricks. I was like, whoa, this project is single-handedly forcing me to look at my internalized fat phobia that I still carry with me that I thought I worked through. So it's been mind-blowing, to say the least. (laughs) Wow, that's amazing. I love when art is, like, transformative like that, when it can really, like, what an experience to, like, see... And I, I, and the, yeah, that's really fascinating. Well, I want to, I'm not sure I've seen this body of work. I want, have I, maybe I've seen it on your Instagram. I've shared a few pieces on my Instagram. It's definitely still in progress. The one thing about working in such a tech-based medium is that they update the software and all of a sudden your styles change (laughs) and you have to essentially learn how to give it inputs that'll be similar in style. <laughs> Whoa. So I've kind of reached a point where I'm like, I think I'm going to stop trying to go for consistency and make yeah. it more of an exploration of the entire journey of that I've had with AI. So uh-huh, everywhere from uh-huh. like super abstract to like hyper detailed, just running the gamut of my mm-hmm. engagement and comfort and how much I worked a prompt through and through so as a kind of collective commentary, because I think wow. that's appropriate. That's so cool. I think it's appropriate. And I think AI is a really great tool to explore such a subjective topic. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so excited to see it. Thanks. Yeah. I actually am going to be, wow. I think I'm going to show some of it. I have an exhibition upcoming. This is, uh, I, I haven't really announced it anywhere, but I'll have my first solo exhibition this September in Berlin during Berlin Art Week at Villa Heike. Um, so wow. it'll be the thesis work and then also AI work and very likely the the fat femininity work. We just need to work on it a little bit more. See what, what more we can yeah. get. 
That's amazing. Congratulations. Thanks. That is so exciting. Uh, uh, Berlin. So Berlin winning, uh, what is it? Beginning, middle, end of September? The beginning when is of September. Okay. That's amazing. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Has it formally I been announced or anything? So you're getting the, you're getting the, the I get <laughs> Nice. Nice. That's awesome. That's a, yeah. Oh, that's, I love, I feel like so often digital work is just really detached from the body and the uh, sort of emotion. It just becomes so, I guess, hyper digital or something. And so I love the way you're talking about this work. It's really, and how it feels both personal and societal and, I'm just really excited to see like how it looks, what it, what the form is that it ultimately takes. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I was just talking that's, to someone really about cool. Richard Prince the other day because apparently all women hate Richard Prince, which I was like, I, I don't hate Richard Prince, but you know, I, me neither. I was like, I can think of at least one other woman who probably doesn't hate Richard Prince. <laughs> I talked about your exhibition that you had in LA with the Instagram comments mm-hmm. of the owner work and how, yeah. you know, whether we like it or not, Instagram as art wouldn't have necessarily mm-hmm. been pushed to the forefront without his body of work of the Instagram stills yeah. and including the interface and making some, like removing it, like you said, from the digital and putting it into the physical. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for you to have the comment mm-hmm. section just like rolling and mm-hmm. <laughs> like extending all the way <laughs> to the door that you couldn't avoid it was just, was just genius. Uh, and I've actually, there was another project, an NFT project, so a little different by Anne Hirsch and Maya Mann, who I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. called Ugly Bitches. Mm-hmm. And it incorporates yes. AI. So they fed a GAN network, a bunch of different dolls Cabbage Patch, Barbie, Madame Alexander, like anything you could think of. And then they went through famous, like high follower account, Instagram accounts of women. So like Addison Ray or Rihanna, <laughs> and they like pulled comments from people like that either said like beautiful or hot or sexy. Mm-hmm. And they replaced all those descriptors with ugly <laughs> and also the word like girl or or honey mm. with bitch and <laughs> so then they combine the text with the AI output and they're just they're these like Frankenstein looking just like creatures with the mm. most absurd text to go with it and I just that project was like a really genius yeah. way to incorporate Instagram social media as well as yeah. around like gorgeous girls you know or like empowered beautiful women Right, right. Right. uh, Well, what if we were all just ugly bitches? Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. And I actually had Anne Hirsch on one of my earlier episodes. That's amazing. And she talked about it too. Okay, so you all already know this. All the listeners are already familiar. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's a. It was really. It was an. Anne's a genius. Project like it's just yeah exactly she is. She totally is. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, Ugly Bitches. And, like, what better name? It's just so perfect. Exactly. I know. She's, she's, got, a, she's got a way. She's got a way with, a way with mm-hmm. words. She does. And a way with the internet. Um, <laughs> yes. The, yes, a way with the internet. Yes, that's right. Um, what is your take on the relationship between feminism and art? I get asked this a lot, or rather I get asked, do I see my work as feminist? And Mm -hmm. I think like religion or God, I mean, at least where I fall in a spiritual sense, it's up to your own interpretation. You know, at your core, if you are supportive of women, empowering women and empowered, then that to me Mm -hmm. is feminism. I mean, technically it is, Mm -hmm. yes, the equal treatment of both sexes, but if we have 
the same empowerment level that a man feels, then Mm -hmm. I would believe that's feminist. And my work Mm -hmm. in certain iterations is me empowered. So I would say Mm -hmm. in that regard, it is feminist. And I think art is feminist if women are empowered to make it, to be in it, to be sharing Mm it. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I think about that's awesome. All yeah, the time though, I'm like, yeah, I think it is. And usually, my yeah, <laughs> I think we just need yeah. There's a broader definition, and all the waves. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, feminism. You know, if you're empowered by doing as little or doing as much as you want, then it's mm-hmm. feminist. Mm-hmm. I agree. I totally agree. I think it's about supporting, yeah, supporting and be like, yeah, do as little or as much as you want. Like, it's all cool. Yeah, like, I don't, you get to I choose. don't have a, like, a problem with women that get plastic surgery because that's their choice. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. do I think, do I wish that women were felt confident as they are? Sure. But I can't mm-hmm. even say that that's true for me. So why would I? <laughs> I'm not saying I want plastics. Totally. You know, if you feel good getting lipo or a BBL, then do it. It's your money, not mine. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I think there needs to be messaging around, you know, maybe it's just differences, right? Cause the, the argument is, well, Mm -hmm. these face filters are harmful for teens, right? Well, we should be explaining Mm -hmm. to teens that, you know, these are not necessarily reality and that's okay. Mm-hmm. If you like the way you look in them, you're, you're so beautiful mm-hmm. without them. But also mm-hmm. what even, what even is the importance of being beautiful? I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. I like the idea mm-hmm. of being beautiful, but is it, the only, yeah. is it the most interesting part of me? No. So. Right. Totally. Did you say face filters or face fillers no. or both? Screw it. <laughs> Yeah, like face filters on Instagram that like teen girls are using, you know, to make their nose oh. all skinny and their cheekbones high and their lips like mm-hmm. whatever. I think it's it's just a different form of the same kind of messaging that we always receive because capitalism yeah. benefits us benefits from us not feeling good about ourselves because we will spend money mm-hmm. on plastic surgery, we'll spend money on makeup and mm-hmm. skincare and laser treatments, which Again, like Mm -hmm. I said, if it makes you happy, go for it. I have a friend who just got her boobs done Mm -hmm. and she's stoked and I'm stoked for her. Couldn't be me, Mm -hmm. but I'm glad that she feels happy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Totally. And um, it's kind of funny because I feel like in sort of the adult online world, there's actually like so much more flexibility in terms of what's seen as beautiful. Like you don't. Like, people don't always care how your face looks. They definitely don't care about your filters. And um, it's definitely more, I think, though, women looking at other women caring than actually the men looking at the women caring about how they look in that way, which I think um, is sort of an unappreciated message that comes from the adult online world is actually just like, yeah, just like be. I don't just like um, as a person, just sort of like have fun, (laughs) like meet people, have fun, have fun with yourself, have fun with others. And, and we're not sitting here judging you based on your weight and your height or something. Well, yeah. I mean, I think think that's very true. And, and I grew up thinking that I wouldn't be considered attractive unless I was a size two. I mean, like a lot, like all of us, Mm -hmm. And I've just, mm-hmm. as an adult, I'm like, wait, this has not been the case. I'm like, either men are trash and they don't care. Or yes. actually, they like women exactly as they are. Maybe overall, they like confidence. Yes. You know, people yes. themselves. Yes. And that's much more exactly. than, you know, some unrealistic beauty standard. So yes. I can work on my confidence and not have to be on the treadmill for an hour a day like no problem (laughs) 
Totally. I think that's totally true. And that's what they, and I think that like, just, I have a lot of experience with Instagram and I feel like what men like when they see it is like someone who is also like having fun, (laughs) confidence, the fun, the like being into being there, being into being looked at is, is all like, it comes across, I think in the, uh, in the present, in the face, in the presentation or in the body language and everything, I guess. It's yeah, that's kind of yeah. I think what I think it's interesting. I don't know if you read John Berger's Ways of Seeing, you know, the yes. chapter about women having to be consciously and constantly yes. aware of how they appear mm-hmm. to others and that kind of being the surveyor and the surveyed. I think about that a lot. Mm-hmm. But not in that it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I think it tying back to what we were discussing about self-obsession and narcissism. I, I guess I like the idea of self-observation in that way. I mean, I've, I kept a journal mm-hmm. for like 15 years. You could argue that that is also yeah. self-obsessive, <laughs> that someone would spend that much time uh-huh. writing about their life that no one's probably going to read, you know? So it's uh, having a good time and, and portraying the idea of confidence or joy or happiness, even if it's a learned behavior, uh, Mm -hmm. still something that is not inherently good or bad. Unless of course you're, you're doing it like against your will, you know, obviously that's not good. But yeah. if you're if you're yeah. performing, then that's a performance. But everyone's life is a performance to some degree. Yeah, every day when we yes. up. So some of us just do it totally to more more extent than others. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love how you said like self observation. It's a really that's a that's a lovely phrase. I haven't thought about it in a while. Um, but yeah, we, in a way, that's what well, that's what the camera allows. It's what online allows. Even that's what art allows. Different levels of self observation. Um, yeah, and I think that's why yeah. I'm interested in the internet and post internet art, or you know, post social mm-hmm. media art, because now that we are past the novelty of it, you know, I think about like Amalia mm-hmm. Ullman's work. You can really make a commentary on this crazy phenomena of self-observation in a good way Mm -hmm. or bad. I think that there's too Mm -hmm. much of a a slant to like criticize certain things. That was actually a Mm -hmm. feedback I got a lot about. I could look at you all day was why are you not critiquing the male gaze or criticizing the male gaze? Mm -hmm. And I said, it's not a a critique. It's a consideration because Mm. A critique implies that I think there's something wrong with it. Whereas mm-hmm. a consideration is just, as my therapist would say, you know, invite inviting me to be curious about it mm-hmm. or a little more. Think on it a bit. Check in with myself how I feel rather than just say, oh, the male gaze is bad. The patriarchy is bad. Right. Right. So. Totally. <laughs> That is totally well said. I feel like my therapist has said a very similar thing to me too. Like, don't go extreme. Just like, you know, sit with it. How do you really feel? What are you feeling? Instead of just being like, no, I don't like mm-hmm. it. Yeah, just say, oh, get oh, it I'm away. curious about this feeling I'm having. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Wow. That's really fun. Um, can a woman just be art? Oh, Yeah. Women are art. Have you seen them? Yes. <laughs> Walking down the street. You know, women are mm. art always. I think Yeah. it's cool to think about women and myself as a woman as art inherently by existing mm-hmm. because art is mm. something that's appreciated. Art is something that is considered mm-hmm. and treasured and analyzed and it's complicated mm. and it asks questions mm. and it answers questions and it appreciates in value 
unlike our youth. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I mean, I love that idea, and I think it's it's a hundred percent true. I, I, I think about the way that there's like a phrase. It's like I don't dress for men; I dress for other women. Or like I don't mm-hmm. do my makeup for men; I do my makeup for other women. And mm-hmm. I can't think of a time where I've done really fun makeup or put together like a really cool outfit to spend time with a man. It's only ever been time yeah. with women because it's appreciated. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know if you're on TikTok, <laughs> but have you seen all of the concert outfits for the Taylor Swift's tour? Oh, no. Like, people are just going all out in a way that I am so wow. excited to watch and appreciate the creativity, the craft, the sense mm-hmm. of humor, the beauty, the nuance. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. I mean, and it's not just women, but like, I just think it all is art inherently. Oh, I love that. I think that's my favorite answer <laughs> to that question. <laughs> yeah, that was beautiful. What are most Um, I mean, most people say yes in some way. One person actually said no, but then she was like, well, but I guess if they say it's art, then it can be art because it depends on your definition of art, you know? So it's kind of like, you know, you can get, you can get like that. But I mean, I guess I wonder, does someone have to say it? Yeah. Does someone have to say it's art for it to be art or is it just, it's just inherently art because like you said it's creative it's complicated it's all these things (sighs) yeah that age-old question of like is it art unless someone says it's art I I think that art exists outside of our traditional scope of what we define art being you know I spend time with like really close friends on a beautiful day in LA we're laughing we're having an amazing time mm. that to me is art because mm. it's unique and authentic can't be replicated mm-hmm. it's just my photographer side showing or I would imagine it as a scene and capture yeah. <laughs> but I think yeah you art's not always transactional it's not always an asset value to appreciate mm-hmm. or be traded what have you because life inspires art and art inspires life why would mm-hmm. they not be mm-hmm. more inextricably linked mm-hmm. yeah totally <laughs> that's so true um name some female artists you're excited about and why well, I've already mentioned Maya and Anne, of course. Mm-hmm. I just, <laughs> Maya was the first artist I saw in a long time where I was like, this woman is giving me permission to make work about things that I care about because we care about the same things. Uh, and the last time I felt uh, that way was probably when I discovered your work and Arvita's work, and Molly Soda's work, and Sydney Pierce's work. It was like during the like a lot of in, like post internet and net artists. Where I was like, wait a minute, all of this has been happening already. I can participate too. Oh my god, that was like 20, 2020, 2019. Uh-huh. Um, pretty pretty formative, I think. Um, hmm. Other women artists that I'm excited. I don't know. I'm I like I'm obsessed with women artists in general. I just think they're the coolest. <laughs> I just think they're the coolest. I think I'm I'm really into women artists that are spearheading work with AI. And I think about Connie Bakshi, who is an LA-based artist who is just incredible. She's so smart. And she was the first person to 
conceptualize an abstract text to image output where she would write something more subjective as an input and then come out with something really abstract as a visual element. And that was sort of a new use case that I had ever seen of AI and really inspired my own work. And she's just like a badass. She's also really good at karaoke and like really fun. I'm lucky to have her as part of my like community. Um, wow. I'm also really into Una, who is a anonymous performance artist. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Yes. But most of I am. And Anne messaged me and was like, um, what's this? Is this you? And I was like, no, that's not me. <laughs> but there's, you know, the name. Right, Una, right. Una some of the topics. There's a little, yeah. So I, but no, I don't know. Yeah. Tell me more about her. Una is a force to be reckoned with. She's really leaning into the kind of important topics addressing the gender imbalance, specifically on blockchain and NFT work. Mm. Her latest project is called Sex and Speculation, and she uses butter as a stand-in for monetary value of exploring the um, amount of money that has been spent on male artist work on super rare versus women and non-binary artists. And she also did a project called Milking the Artist at... Art Basel in Miami, where she um, like had breast milk essentially, uh, and as a commentary on you know collectors and and the art community milking artists for all their work. She's based in Miami, and she's just she's killer. She's absolutely amazing. I'm I'm really excited to see where she goes with her work too. That's yeah, awesome. That's so great. Anything else that you'd like to add about anything? Um, Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter mostly these days at okay. Margaret Online, Instagram, Margaret Murphy Art, and my website that I desperately need to update. But if you want to check it out, <laughs> is margaretmurphyphoto.net. I will be in New York City for NFT NYC. So if you are around, um, mm. We'll be having an exhibition of works with the NFT gallery and expanded at 88 Clinton. Mm, mm, that show opens mm, April mm, 11th nice. and is up through May 23rd. So you can check it out there or at their five to seven Dover street location in London. Mm. So nice. Our websites, our websites just out of date though. <laughs> like our website's just over. No, I don't think so. I think I'm going to, okay. I mean, as speaking as somebody that looks at a lot of artists' websites for Expanded, um, it's always really True. nice when they're up to date, or at least like include a link yes. to something that's more up to date so I can navigate yes. there. Yes. So yes. among the laundry okay. list Fair of tasks I have these coming weeks, I need to fix like update yes. my website. So <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And they're kind of fun. They can be fun. Sometimes I'm like, why even do it? But then they, they can be fun to like... They, they are like, you get to put your personality on there, which is kind of nice. Although sometimes with art, you're supposed to not put your personality. I don't know. Um, no any other way, we'll honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I that's could true. never, I mean, I tried to be an artist that didn't put themselves and their personality mm. into the work. And mm. my first grad critique, I guess critics said, I, you can make a pretty picture, but I don't know why I should care about this work. I was like, okay, all right. Valid. Wow. A valid read. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that, that kind of prompted the whole exploration of selfies as art for me. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Well, thank you so, so much. I was super, I learned a lot. <laughs> I feel like, wow, I learned a lot. I was so, um, you're so well-spoken and I love your work and I'm really excited to see where you go with it and with your curation thank too. Thank you so much, Leah. I was, I was honored to speak yeah, with you, you and it was so fun being in dialogue and I can't wait to check out the other episodes of this podcast and Yay. next too. Thank you. Yeah. Next time I'm in LA, I would love to hang Let's out. Let's do it. Yes. 
Okay. Have a good rest of your day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. This has been the Women as an Art podcast hosted by me, Leah Schrager. Please visit womenasanart.com for more information and to find us on socials. Thanks.